You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This is Dare to Love show that shows every first Thursday of the month. I am Sister Lavina. I'm with the Franciscan Sisters of the Sacred Heart and the Coordinator of Religious Vocation Ministries in the Office for Religious of the Archdiocese of Chicago. I also serve as the Coordinator of CAVA, which is the Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association. And with me here in the studio is Mr. Michael May, and also helping us is Mr. Brian Brock. They're always helping me out, and uh, we're sharing um, this morning with our special guest, Brother John Eustace, who is a Viatorian from the community of the clergy, uh, clerics of the Viatorians, um, clerics of St. Viator, CSV. Good morning, Brother John. And good morning, Sister Lavina. How are you doing? Where are you? Are you in Bourbonnais? Are you around the Chicago area right now? That's always a good question. Yes, I am doing well. And as a Viatorian, Viator, literally meaning in Latin, on the way or journeyer, uh, you never know where I might be. But today I am in Bourbonnais, Illinois, which is an hour south of downtown Chicago. Uh, used to be the summertime home of the Bears. Okay, and uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was great. I actually got to spend it with some cousins in downstate Illinois and Ottawa. Uh, so it was great to reconnect with family. How was yours? I was great. I did. I only had to, I think I, I was invited to two events. Uh, I have a cousin here in the Chicago area. So that was uh, a, a really neat time with family. And then with my sisters in uh, New Lenox near Frankfurt, Illinois, where my mother houses, we have a convent in New Lenox. And so we have a regional gathering there. And I only had, I didn't have to do anything with the, with the turkey or the main dish. I only had to bring a vegetable. So I, I and, got the, and eat the turkey, of yes, course. Yes, I got the guest uh, pass this year, which is great. Oh, score. Right. <laughs> I only had to bring myself and my hungry tummy. But it there was, we go. It's, it's such a great time um, around this time, especially with people um, needing some connection in person, which is so different from um, during the COVID years when you had to do Zoom and eat kind of virtually, you know, with each other, but, you know, in quarantine. So it's, this is different. So um, I would like to, now, you know, I, I think it's been maybe two years or at least an, uh, a year and a half or maybe longer than that since I've had you and another uh, Viatorian brother with you. Um, and so this is in a way kind of um, 
uh, a time to get to know you. So I am just going to ask you a few questions. So first of all, I know you are part of the Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association and part of the board, the advisory board. So, and you are a brother in your community. However, you are also a student on a the ordination track. So can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, like how you discern that and um, what are what are you looking into in your future? And of course, some of the, the things that you're working on right now, maybe events that are going on in your life at this point. Yeah, so in 2001, I discerned to join the Viatorians or the Clerics of St. Viator from Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, moved to Chicago and spent a few years uh, in early formation. Some of that was at our high school as an intern in campus ministry in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Some of that was working in Belize, Central America, in our parish there as a coordinator of youth ministry. Um, and then over the years, I've served as a uh, campus minister at our high school. I've served as a youth and young adult minister here at our parish in Bourbonnais. Um, and then uh, most recently, I served as vice president of St. Viator High School in Arlington Heights. All the while, sprinkled throughout that, again, I'm Viatorian, so I'm constantly moving all the time. Uh, sprinkled throughout that, I have also been uh, vocation director for my province. Uh, consistently now for the past five and a half years. But I would say of all of the experiences I've had as a religious brother and uh, Viatorians, we have both brothers and priests. Uh, we don't look at it as there's a priesthood track and a brother track. We look at it as there's a Viatorian track. And then at certain times, some of our men might feel called or invited by God to uh, be able to be people who minister uh, the sacraments. And about five years ago, four or five years ago, uh, I felt that it was starting to be time for me to consider that. So I was already 12 years in vows at that point. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of your non-traditional seminarian at this point. Uh, in fact, I'm still vocation director while being a seminarian. Um, so it's bittersweet because the life of a brother is very unique. It's a very unique call. It's not an ordained life. We don't do the sacraments, but now I'm in the in the transition to becoming a uh, ordained minister in the Catholic Church. And so for the Viatorians, it's it's a shift. We don't view each other differently uh, among one another, but publicly, it's going to be a, a different. Uh, uh, a different identity in some ways. I'll go from brother to father eventually. Um, so I'm kind of uh, going through a transition, trying to see how that uh, will sit with me. I'm sure it'll be fine, um, but identity changes over time. So uh, on the way, I'm, on I, the way, on the way, exactly. But I do feel like uh, it was through ministries mainly and young people, youth ministry especially. Uh, where people were asking me, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And then uh, with a consistent sort of way of prayer, daily prayer, uh, attention to my own spirituality, through that uh, deep down somewhere in there, I felt a, a sense of, yeah, I should be doing this. And I fought God on it for quite a while, and now I just gave up. And, and that's the thing is, I think, that discernment. Um, you know, like that, that phrase, I like that on the way, 
um, as a Franciscan, our phrase, I think, is that continual conversion. Although the word conversion seems to be like, what? Aren't you a Catholic already? Why do you have to convert? You know, and all that. But what it's the same thing is that we are in the process. It's always that journey that keeps on. We, we follow our path and the path kind of provides, provides that wisdom and the whisperings of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And yes, we struggle because when we do decide to follow that path, there is a consequence, meaning we have to let go of some of the things that we have been through. Not that they were worse and this path is better. It's just a different path that you can decide to go through. Thank you for that sharing. And hopefully in terms of discernment, since you're a vocation minister who helps others, and uh, at this point we really do invite, we always say young people. But you know what? Young and old, we're all in discernment, aren't we? And just because (laughs) you're a brother now, you're a religious, you're a consecrated um, man uh, at this point in the world, doesn't mean that your discernment has ended. Every day we oh. have to say yes. <laughs> so, um, so being a student right now, how how do you balance your life? What does your what what does your ordinary day look like? <laughs> well, uh, I want to say thank God for Google uh, because Google Calendar keeps me very organized. You know, they have this thing where you can sync with your phone, your computer, and everything else. So. Uh, I, I call it trusting my past self and taking care of my future self by putting things on the calendar, uh, deadlines and all of that kind of stuff. So um, I, a week for me is a lot of reading, a lot of writing, um, a lot of uh, attending classes too. Uh, so I schedule that in there. And then around that, I schedule in the uh, vocation ministry and my community life. And and so in your community, um, are you in a local community or mission at this point in Bourbonnais? Yes, I'm at uh, Maternity of the Blessed Virgin Mary Parish. The Viatorians have been here since 1865. Wow. In fact, at one time, this was part of the Archdiocese of Chicago. So back then it was. So our community came to the United States from Canada back then. Uh, so we've been part of the Archdiocese for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live with two other men, Father Jason Nesbitt, who's the pastor, and Father Moses Mesh, who's the associate pastor. And uh, so their mission is serving this local parish community, and I just get to go along for the ride. So it's great. And uh, you said that, was it a couple of weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago that um, it, it's kind of hard to imagine? I know um, this past uh, Sunday was the first uh, Sunday of Advent. We are on the first week of Advent. And then before that was, um, you know, like Thanksgiving. But I know before that you also had that event. And I know you invited, thank you for inviting uh, Kava, Vocations Kava, even though it's not technically part of uh, Chicago. I always say Kava and beyond, because (laughs) religious communities, we're we're out there, and wherever we are active, it might be a little bit outside of our territory, but we do serve, and we like to witness. Um, we want to witness the presence of um, consecrated men and women. When do you remember which, which weekend that was? Uh, for actually, for here in Bourbonnais, it's going to come up in two weekends on December tenth and eleventh. Oh, it's still coming it's up. Okay. Of- 
Yeah, and it's kind of a instead of a come and see, we're in and inviting uh, young people to consider religious life. I'm con, I'm inviting religious to come to the parish at the different masses. So it's almost like come and be, uh, and be present to to the people in the parish. Uh, so we'll see how many show up. We're going to have at least a few religious communities here, basically to show people, show the parishioners that hey, this is a viable lifestyle. This is something that people actually live. Real people like Sister Lavina and me <laughs> and others actually live this and actually are happy. And uh, we want to share that with the regular everyday parishioner so they see it. Because a lot of times, many people uh, who attend parishes aren't aware. Maybe they have a, a Hollywood idea of what a uh, a brother. Well, nobody knows what a brother is, yeah. uh, but a sister or a priest is. And if we can bring it to them and let them interact or at least see people who are in this lifestyle, then um, I think we're we're starting to do our job to to say, hey, maybe there are people, maybe you or maybe somebody in your life might be invited by God to this kind of, of life. That's right. In person. So let's take a, a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue with that invitation for Maternity BVM. And we'll also talk about a recent event um, with St. Hubert's um, over in um, Hoffman Estates. We'll be back. A stranger and a pilgrim in this world Sometimes I wonder what this journey will bring And you guide me faithfully to find a home in you Catholic Charities on Friday, December 2nd for the 33rd Annual Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago, and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Families, friends, and work colleagues make a tradition out of gathering at this extraordinary black tie event to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment, courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra, all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 2nd. To purchase tickets for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net slash events or call 312-948-6963. That's 312-948-6963. say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth and when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning because really you are changing lives you are molding lives shape the next generation of leaders teach Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. 
Catholic Charities' 75th annual celebration of giving is underway in support of those who are struggling to make ends meet every day. Individuals, families, colleagues, neighbors, parishioners, and friends purchase thousands of gifts and basic necessities to ensure Catholic Charities' clients and their families have a joyful Christmas morning. There are many ways to get involved, including online wish lists that make giving easier than ever before. If you can join us in this special Chicago Christmas tradition as volunteers and donors, please email us at cog at catholiccharities.net. That's cog at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7401 in Cook County and 847-782-4210 in Lake County. Thank you for helping us spread Christmas cheer this year throughout Cook and Lake Counties. And we are back to Dare to Love show. This is Sister Lavina Pamet, your host, and with Brother John Eustace, CSV, who is a Viatorian, our guest for today. And we were talking about the invitation to this, the, is it December 10 of that weekend? Brother John? Okay. December 10th and 11th at the Masses, yes. Okay, so uh, for those who are going to be watching this on YouTube and also those who are listening, um, can you provide some information about your parish? Not that we're going to probably flash mob your parish, but hopefully you have enough parking. So go ahead, Brother John. Yeah, Maternity of the Blessed Virgin Mary Parish. It's situated in Bourbonnais, Illinois, part of the Diocese of Joliet, uh, on December 10th and 11th at the 4.30, 7.30, 9 o'clock, and 11 a.m. Mass. Uh, there's going to be a come and be, so to speak, with uh, religious uh, men and women from all over the area coming and being present to the parish here. And uh, a special way, uh, the 11 o'clock Mass is a youth-planned liturgy. So every month, the youth uh, get together and actually contribute to a lot of what happens at the Mass. So uh, we kind of made it uh, line up with that so then young people could also see and meet and talk with the religious. Now, I have to mention that Brother John is also part of the uh, Vocations Cava, not just part of the board, but also what we call the Public Outreach Committee. And what it is, is uh, we're doing some marketing uh, projects and ways to be visible to parishes. So, Taste of St. Hubert's. I was going to try to have Father Mike Scherchel, who is the pastor at St. Hubert's, to join us but he, being the pastor, is very busy. However, we all pulled it off. He, we really credit um, St. Hubert's and Father Mike Churchill at the helm. Uh, and, of course, with the help of the committee, uh, Brother John, uh, in getting this a taste of St. Hubert's. And I missed it all because I was somewhere else. It was uh, a different uh, weekend, November 12, 13, because it's towards the end of also the um, National Vocations Awareness Week. So tell us all about it, Brother John. 
Take it away. Well, Sister Lavina, it's a shame you weren't there because there was a lot of good food. Oh, my goodness. St. Hubert's has such a diverse population. They had people literally from all over the world. Hoffman Estates in Schaumburg uh, is a very diverse uh, area of the Archdiocese of Chicago. And within St. Hubert Parish, it's very apparent. The uh, the mass on the Saturday evening, there was a procession of people uh, with flags from the various countries that were there. And I want to say there were at least a dozen different flags. Uh, and But then the, after the mass, obviously the mass was the most important part. But the food afterwards, <laughs> oh my goodness, it was, it really was a taste from around the world, around different cultures, whether it was Polish or Filipino or uh, German or your typical American fare too. Ah, uh, now but, I know why you couldn't send me pictures. You were too yes. busy eating and sampling. I was, <laughs> I was, yes. <laughs> no, but uh, one of the great things is this is the first time St. Hubert's, from what Father Mike was telling me, was the first time since the pandemic that they've been able to come together as a parish. And it was it was so packed. And he informed me, he says, yeah, this isn't as packed as it normally would be. I, I can't imagine what it would have been. Right. Uh, but it was just people from all walks of life, um, it, including some of my former students from St. Viator High School wow. were there. Uh, one of them was the cross bearer. But it was uh, a chance for a lot of us, the Alexian brothers, the sisters, or the congregation of St. Joseph, the Viatorians, and um, several other communities were present at this mass. We yeah, were kind Sister of, Maria Brizola was there too, right? I, she yep, said so, that yeah, she, she was a too. flag bearer or something. Yes, she was. I think she had the Filipino flag. That's so, why um, I, cause she, I tried to ask her for pictures and she said, sorry, I was carrying a flag. Yeah, we were really busy. So, sometimes, you know, that maybe that's the issue with us religious is we're constantly doing things. We don't have time to take selfies. I don't know. So people don't know about us, but we do <laughs> exist. No, but it, it was great because then we were all able to interact with the people. Father Mike, actually, at the end of the mass, introduced us all and encouraged people, encouraged the whole parish, similar to what I was saying, to say, hey, these people are living this life and these people want to invite you into this and perhaps you have um, a, a call from God to, to be a part of this too. So it was just an amazing experience. Um, after the 6 p.m. Mass on Sunday, uh, there was a, a, a two sisters and then three of us Viatorians that were able to be there for the eighth grade or seventh and eighth grade confirmation class. Okay. And so... Uh, in the church, we were able to split this group of about 80 students up into four groups and circle around and listen to our vocation stories and have some dialogue. And it was a lot of fun. They got stickers. They got they got swag from NRVC <laughs> as well. Uh, they got some pens and uh, they got to hear unique versions of of our uh, vocation stories. There was obviously I was there. Brother Peter is from Arlington Heights. Uh, Brother Giovanni is from Colombia, and the two sisters, one was Filipino and one was from uh, Colombia as well. So they got a real taste of the universality of the church, and I think the joy that comes with being a, a consecrated person. That's great. And speaking of NRVC, so we... Um... We deal every day with the alphabet soup. And so the NRVC is the National Religious Vocation Association. And actually, both you and I were at the convocation in Spokane. 
uh, the uh, first weekend of November. And um, that's what we were all um, meeting about, all the members of the NRVC uh, who are involved in vocation ministry. We also, you were speaking of swag. Well, we, we also got some swag from NRVC, but more than that, related to um, the kind of parish activities and events that we're planning and um, just kind of went through that you experienced that I missed. Um, it's so important to talk about the studies. And what if there's anything that you can say in maybe a couple of sentences. What is your takeaway from the NRVC weekend, Brother John? Yeah, the uh, the church is universal for one. It's uh, people from all walks of life are part of this thing that we call the Catholic Church. And then for those who are considering religious vocations, there's so many factors that go into it. There's the factor of age. There's the factor of culture that you come from. Um, and for example, I study at Catholic Theological Union, and this is this is after the vocation part, after vocation ministry, but these are people who've been in their communities for a while. There are something like 35 different countries represented in the student body at Catholic Theological Union in Chicago, which mm -hmm. is um, religious men and women and, and lay people as well. But part of the study that the Center for the Apostolate um, I forget, Cara, more alphabet soup. But there's a, a study that, that has gone out there uh, over the past few years that identify who's thinking about religious life, when are young people thinking about it, and when do they actually uh, commit to it? Um, because people do. And one of the uh, recent studies has pointed to the fact that usually, on average, uh, those who are in uh, who have committed to religious life now, the average time that they first thought about it was late high school, like 16, 17 years old. Imagine that. But, but the first time, or, or the by the time they took vows, the average was somewhere around 25, 26, 27 years old. Mm -hmm. So there's 10 years from the first time somebody thinks about it or has the idea come to them or, in, or in, are invited to think about it to when they actually make a move. So that implies that uh, the role of vocation ministry, not only the vocation director, but everybody who surrounds the individual who might be thinking about this has to walk with them, has to accompany them through late high school, through college, through the beginning of their career uh, to be able to provide a nurturing environment for a, a young person who might be invited by God to finally say yes, because ultimately it is up to the young person or the not so young, but the person who is discerning to be the one to say yes. So this is our uh, this is our blessing, but this is also our challenge as vocation ministers is to call people in the parishes, call people who are parents of students in the Catholic schools and public schools, for that matter, that you are part of this vocation ministry. You are essential to help young people understand God's invitation in their lives. I mean, if some young person is saying, hey, I think I want to be an engineer or I want to be a teacher, don't we support them? Don't we say, hey, go do internships? 
hey, go study this in college. Why aren't we doing the same thing for those considering becoming a sister, a brother, a deacon, or a priest? Exactly. And you know, if we, uh, if parents, I would challenge parents and relatives and friends, it's not all about money. It's really about happiness. Because what can money buy you? It's really, if you ask people, what are you going to do with your money, you know, besides the basic, you know, earning a living, it's really happiness. And and it's beyond happiness. It's joy. And so we invite everyone to really consider uh, making it possible for young people especially and for others, even older people who might be thinking and who are called. We are here as your resource. And you can call me, Sister Lavina. Uh, you can go to our website, vocationscaba.org. Brother John, we are at the end of our show, but thank you so much for being here. And you take care and, you know, best wishes and you're being a seminarian while being wearing all these other hats god bless everybody and on youtube you will see all the links that um, could help you with discernment or encouraging someone to discern god bless goodbye this is what i to fall.